Okay, so spring cleaning, it's, it's about that time of year. Spring cleaning is basically the grown-up version of having your parents tell you to go clean your room, right? So if you ever gone and cleaned your room, you find things that you didn't know were in there, you find garbage, you find things that smell, um, like my friend Logan McNaughton, who found a, probably a year-old McDonald's cheeseburger under his bed when he was cleaning his room one time. And the interesting part is it was no different from the day of purchase than it was when he found it. He just fell asleep and forgot to eat it, that's all. Okay, so then you're cleaning your room, you're kind of digging through stuff, you're finding stuff you didn't know was in there, stuff that smells bad, doesn't look good, you find your pet dumped in the corner and you're like, that's why it stinks in here. So then you got to take that out, take care of that. Or this is the absolute worst. You run across that photo of you in middle school that you thought you set on fire, but there's a digital copy. This was, okay, so I have to explain a few things. First of all, I asked my dad, where do we keep the embarrassing photos of me in middle school? I didn't ask if there were any. I just said, where do we keep those? Second of all, this is back when, like, you know, putting the gum tin foil on your, on your teeth to act like you had a grill, you know, like, shout out, right? That was really cool. And uh, these were the glasses that I talk about. My strategy in middle school going in to get glasses was I'll get the smallest glasses I can get because then nobody will notice them. But what happened was actually made my head look huge. <laughs> I had these small glasses in this huge head. So I just want you to know, middle schoolers, that there's hope after middle school. Just keep chugging. Just keep going. You can do it. And then it gets worse. <laughs> so I want you to see, and I, I, I show you these embarrassing things um, and talk about this because I think forgiveness is a lot like spring cleaning. It's a lot like cleaning out your room. It's a lot like finding things that you didn't know were there that needs to go in the garbage. And forgiveness is a very spiritual thing. It, it involves your soul. It involves your whole being. And in Ephesians, we're going to follow this path that it talks about in Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. And it says this, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander like fighting and gossip, along with every form of malice, basically doing bad things to people. Get rid of it. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you, is saying, hey, you've been forgiven, you need to go forgive. You need to be able to do this forgiveness thing, and I'm going to show you how to do it. So the point is, okay, just like spring cleaning, you clean up the room, you get all this garbage out, and then all of a sudden you look around and you're like, this is like a brand new room. There's, there's so much room in here for activities, and I hope tonight that we get to the point where you feel like that in your soul, where you feel like, okay, I can get this garbage out of here so I can feel new, I can feel fresh and renewed, okay? So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. God, I pray that you prepare our hearts tonight for forgiveness. I pray that you um, prepare my heart tonight for forgiveness. We bring all sorts of hurts and pains and offenses into this room. When we come here on Wednesdays, we all have stories we all have past and we all have hurts present. And so I pray tonight that you prepare our hearts to deal with those things. I know it's tough. I know it brings up pain. I know it brings up anxiety. But God, if we don't deal with it, it's just going to stink up our life. It's just going to reek up our life. And we have to get rid of it. And you can help us do that. And I pray that you help me explain how we can do that and how you show us we can do that. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. So last week we talked about reconciliation. Uh, that's like the, the harmonizing of something that's bro broken, something that's being brought back together that was broken. We talked about fixing things that were broken. 
So forgiveness this week is all about the tool to fix the things that were broken. It's the tool to get the garbage out. So what is forgiveness? In the Bible, forgiveness is a release or a dismissal of something or an offense. It's the act of getting rid of something, of letting go of something that happened to you. Okay, so we have a few steps that we're going to follow tonight, and it comes from a case study. We're going to use this. Paul reported this incident when he was talking to his boy Timothy. In 2 Timothy 4.14, it says this, Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. So this must have been a big deal because it's like in the Bible. <laughs> How would you like to have your name in the Bible as you did something bad to someone? So this must have been legit. Like he didn't waste paper. He was like, this is a big deal. You need to learn something here. And I think we need to learn something here. He did this great deal of harm to me. And the Lord will repay him for what he's done. And in verse 16 and 17, he says, At my first defense, like when this was going on, no one came to my support. But everyone deserted me. They left me here. May it not be held against them. He forgives them. Even though there was an offense there, there was a conflict there, he was let down in that moment. He said, may it not be counted against them. He forgave them. But he didn't do it alone. Because in the next verse it says, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. He leaned on the power and the strength of God. So an offense has occurred. Something bad has happened. First, he allows God to work and says, this is not my responsibility. God will take care of it. Second, he forgives and he lets it go. And last, he says, I need the power of God to get through this. So an offense has happened. A conflict has occurred. Now we're in this section of life that we're trying to figure out how to get over it, how to let it go, how to get it out of our room, how to get it out of our heart. We need to get it out. So the first, the first step of getting the garbage out of your room or out of your heart is acknowledging these things. And we need to acknowledge three things. We need to acknowledge the things that's happening inside you, like emotions and feelings and things like that. In the moments that you are offended, in the moment that you are offended, you are having some sort of reaction or response, right? The second is we need to decide and acknowledge whether that offense is worthy of getting upset about because that's a, that's a true decision we need to make. And then we need to acknowledge the weight of the offense if it really was something that tore us up and it's something that really is weighing us down and hurting us. And so the first thing I want to talk about is acknowledging those feelings in that interaction in that moment. Because I think one of the biggest misunderstandings in the church is that emotions are sins. For example, if I get angry, I've sinned. If I get upset, then I'm a bad person. Or if I get bothered by something, you failed. That assumption is not true, I would like to say. And how do I know that? I know that because God gets angry. Jesus gets bothered and upset by things. Jesus had emotions and feelings towards things. We have record of this. So I don't want you to see that emotions are the problem because you're going to have emotions in life. You're going to get angry. You're going to get upset. You're going to get offended at things. It's not the emotions that are the garbage that you need to get rid of. It's when emotions go sour. It's when anger turns into a punch. You see what I'm saying? It's when emotion goes bad and it starts to rot like food. It's like when emotion goes bad, it's like a smell that got even stankier. It's this process that happens and, and smells of rage and anger and bitterness and all this stuff. But one of the most painful things you could do while acknowledging these emotions is bottle them up. And try to just, just I'll take care of it. So there's, there's these people who are like, man, I am just a brick wall. I don't feel anything. 
tough guy, tough girl. I don't feel anything. Doubtful. The only way that you got there is you felt something so bad that it calloused you, and now you say that you can't feel anything, but really it's probably that you're filled to the brim with emotion, and there's no more room to fill any emotion in. So when something bad happens, you do this. It's not that you don't feel anything, because that's a lie. Those emotions are there. And then there's those people who say, well, okay, if I'm going to be a Christian, then I need to never get angry about anything. But then when they get angry, they feel like they're lying, and so they bottle it up. They say, I can't show anybody this. And they feel like they have to do it all on their own, on their own power by themselves, and that's false. And that feeling of being bottled up makes them go crazy. And being bottled up is the opposite of getting something out of the room that stinks. It keeps it in. And so your life just keeps rotting and rotting and rotting. Do you see that? Hebrews 12, 15 warns us of this very thing. It says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. It's saying, hey, if you don't take care of this, if you don't get this out, if you don't deal with this problem, it's going to get bitter, it's going to get sour, and it's going to start to stink. It's going to be this garbage that you need to get out of your heart. It's this garbage that you need to get out of your soul. And you thought, like, when you were bottling it up, that it was done, that you could just bottle it up and forget about it. But then all of a sudden, you're screaming at your parents. And you're like, I don't know where that came from. Then all of a sudden, you're lashing out at your friends. And you're not even mad at them. And all of a sudden, you're disrespecting a teacher so much so they're to the point of tears, and you're enjoying it. Where did that come from? You're not getting rid of the garbage. We need to get rid of the garbage. So the first step is acknowledge the emotion. Acknowledge the anger. Acknowledge the bitterness. Say, yeah, this is real. This is like a thing, okay? But next you need to decide what you're going to do with it. So you need to acknowledge whether or not this thing is legit, that this anger is legit. There are some hurts that aren't necessarily big enough for forgiveness. For example, there are these moments when we get upset and we get, kind of, we get kind of like emotional about it and all that stuff, and it's kind of irrational. It's kind of like, ah, okay, it wasn't that big a deal. Say, for example, if any of you have ever seen Grant Harden in traffic, you would know this experience, right? Okay, so I can say that because I'm his friend, and he's told me about this, and for the sake of the five people who knew that joke and got that joke, had a big belly laugh right in that moment. Or irrationality when you, when you say, okay, this isn't that big of a deal. Um, is anybody a runner in here? Like, they run, like, for fun? Isn't that crazy? Okay, so, like, you know that once you get past a certain mileage, if you stop, it will be the worst feeling in the world to start again. Am I right? Am I right? Okay, so I'm on a treadmill. I'm training for a half marathon. I'm on mile five of 11. I'm like, I'm good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm like, what, what's my pace? And I accidentally hit stop. And I'm like, no! And I'm at the YMCA, and I go, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. This thing is so stupid. And my wife's running with me, and she says the guy behind me is going like this. <laughs> okay, a little irrational. A little, or like yesterday when my pancake stuck to the skillet. Who wants a stupid-shaped, ruined pancake? Nobody, that's who. Nobody. <laughs> irrational. Very unsatisfying. Very irrational. So we need to look at these things. And sometimes we blow things that aren't, aren't, aren't that big of a deal out of proportion. And I think this is just part of growing up that you have to decide if this thing is that big of a deal or not, and whether it's going to persist and you're going to carry that with you, or you're just going to brush it off your shoulder and let it go. 
I think that's a part of growing up. And if you don't uh, like develop this ability to look at a situation and say, okay, I don't need to take that personal. It wasn't about me. If you don't develop this ability to go, okay, I'm going to let it roll off my shoulder, you'll be miserable. Like you will always find something to be upset about. You will always find something that's going to ruin your day, and you'll always be the one that's complaining, right? But in, in Psalm, or Proverbs, it has this great advice that says, a person's wisdom yields patience. So they're going to be patient through this thing, right? When this offense is happening, when the treadmill stops, they're going to be patient in this moment, unlike I was. It is, a, it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Okay, so it's saying it's to your benefit to just let it go, to just get it out. Because here's the deal with these little offenses. If we don't take these little offenses and just get them out as they come, it's going to stack up, and it's going to be just as stinky and smelly as a big problem, right? So go ahead and just take care of those or let them roll off your shoulder or let it go. I think you're capable of doing that. But now, there are things, sadly, in life, we have to acknowledge the weight of true pain. And we have to go there tonight, where there's these situations where you are a target, and it's been painted on your back, and you are a victim, and people are attacking you personally. There are those situations. And so you have to move into that, and you have to think, okay, now that I'm legitimately hurt by this, I'm legitimately offended, how do I deal with this? Because this isn't something that's just rolling off my shoulder. I think about it every day. Paul kind of leads the way in this when he, when he goes back to this case we're talking about. Um, Alexander again. Alexander, sorry, Spence, I messed you up on the slides. Alexander, like, legit harmed this guy. Like, he legit hurt him, right? But what he does next is so different from the typical response. Because the typical response is to have this offense, have this pain be given to you, and then you take it, you don't get rid of it, you let it weigh you down, and one or two things happens. Either you finally think if you get revenge, or you even the score, then maybe it'll finally get lifted off your shoulders. Maybe the garbage will get taken out then, or you'll die. And that's finally when that ends. The first option, we know that revenge doesn't give us the reward we want. We talked about that last week. It just controls us. And the second option of just carrying that weight and that stink into the grave seems like there's got to be a better way. That can't be the best way to deal with this. And the weight of the bitterness and the anger and the slander and the gossip and the cursing is crippling. So what do we do? What do we do in these moments? Yeah, this is a real offense that I can't let go. This hurts. This is painful. You need help. You need the power of God. And I want you to see this tonight. I don't want you to hear, if you're good enough, you can get over it. I don't want you to hear that. I don't want you to think, okay, I'm going to be a good enough person so I can just forgive and forget. Because if you've tried to forgive in a very difficult situation, you know that doesn't work. This is 100% the moment where you need to turn to the Father that you have in heaven and say, God, help me. Because forgiveness isn't natural to you. What's natural to you is to hurt back. Is when you get hurt to hurt back. Because your default response is not forgiveness. You need to turn to the person who's flowing forgiveness. Who dishes it out. Who says, this is where you find forgiveness. And in that moment, really what you're carrying is the weight of revenge. And the next part of forgiving 
is giving up that right and giving up that responsibility and releasing that feeling like, I got to get even. I got to even the score. So I hope you see from the information presented that forgiveness is needed for any kind of sanity in life, for any kind of clarity or joy. So how do we get rid of the garbage that hurts us so bad? We've discussed that revenge doesn't give us the results we want. It just controls us. If we don't fix these relationships, if we don't fix these situations or deal with them, it controls our emotions. You're always angry. You're always upset about something. You're always bothered. It controls your actions. You're walking down different hallways just to avoid that person. Your life is being controlled. Okay? It takes control of your emotions and your thoughts. You lay in bed at night thinking of this. Revenge isn't the answer. It's not getting the garbage out. And I hope you see that trying to get revenge only calls for more revenge. Because once you get revenge on that person that did you wrong, what are they going to want? Revenge on you. And then it's just revenge on them, revenge on me, revenge on you, revenge on them. And all of a sudden, the whole world is against each other. But Jesus tells us to break the cycle. He says, don't, don't let it go down that way. Don't do that. And he says, revenge isn't going to give you what you want. He's calling us to get rid of the garbage. Because listen, here's, here's the deal. If you choose unforgiveness, saying, if you've been forgiven, and you're like, I'm, I've been forgiven, but I will not forgive that person. I will not forgive that person. If you choose that, if you choose unforgiveness, I want you to understand you are burning the very bridge that you need to get home. You're burning the bridge you need to get home to heaven by saying, I won't forgive that person. Yeah, okay, so okay. So someone's done you wrong. Someone's hurt you. Okay, yeah, but have you ever hurt somebody? Have I ever hurt somebody? Absolutely I have. And I get forgiveness. So who am I? If I choose unforgiveness in that moment, I'm burning the very bridge that I myself need to get home to heaven because I'm in need of forgiveness as well. That's why Jesus instructs us to pray like this. Forgive us as we forgive those who offend us. Forgive us as we forgive those. I hope you see now that forgiveness is not only the best option, but it's a must. In Colossians 3, it says this. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. It says, you're, you, you don't understand. If you've been forgiven, if you've received that forgiveness, if you have been forgiven in your life, you must forgive others. Or you are burning the bridge that you need to get home. Because you've been forgiven, you too now can forgive. In Colossians 1, it says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of of his dear son, he's saying he saved you from sin and the darkness of unforgiveness, who purchased your freedom, our freedom, and forgave our sins. You were given freedom through forgiveness. The very bridge you need to get home. So if you choose not to forgive, I hope you see that that ruins that bridge that you need. Forgive, whether it's face-to-face, 
Word of mouth, you're, you're here. You're saying, hey, I know I messed up. Or, hey, I need to forgive you for this pain that I've had. And what happens after that really doesn't matter because <laughs> you've taken that step. And you have to trust in God that he's going to be there in that moment. That's what faith is, right? Or if you're, as God is your witness, you're forgiving someone from the depths of your heart. You have to forgive. And once you release this garbage, once you say this garbage no longer belongs here, his power takes care of it. Trusting in God's power and promise is how we release the desire for revenge and to get even. It's through his promises and his protection and his love for us. And Paul shows us this ultimatum. He says, Alexander has done great harm to me. The Lord will repay him for what he's done. And he goes on speaking of who didn't come to help him. May it not be held against him. But I had to lean against God. I had to use God's strength in this moment because I couldn't do it alone. I'm not a good enough person. He gave the responsibility to God. A, a wrong was done to him. He gave the responsibility of, of payment to God. And he forgave. And then he relied on the power of God. Harm has been done. And I, and I know in this room, harm has been done. But Jesus will take care of what you can't take care of. And God will take care of what I can't take care of. Don't hold wrongs against people. The Lord will stand by your side in strength. And at the end of the day, you don't have to even the score because it's his to avenge. It's his to take care of. It's his to judge. It's not your responsibility. You can take this place of absolute certainty that God is going to be completely aware of the situation and take care of it. And he'll take care of it well. Psalm 103 says, God makes everything come out right. He puts victims back on their feet. I want you to feel the rest of letting God take the garbage out for you and getting it out. Romans 12 gives us a promise that, like, changed my life. This isn't just some Bible. Like, this is my experience. There was anger and rage and bitterness. I didn't know how to deal with it. But this promise let me know that I was protected. That I was fought for and that I was loved. Romans 12 says, do not take revenge, my dear friends. But leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it's mine to avenge. I'll repay, says the Lord. In other words, don't worry. I got you. In other words, don't worry. I know what was done to you. And I won't forget. And you don't have to take this to the end. But I will. That's what God is promising you. You don't have to take this anymore. I will. Forgiveness sets you free from the garbage that's rotting in your heart. Romans 12 says, don't be overcome by evil, 
but overcome evil with good. Overcome offenses with forgiveness. And listen, forgiveness is not a sign of weakness. Don't believe that lie. It is absolutely a showing of strength. A display of strength, but not your strength. Because what you would do in that moment is seek to repay and revenge and cause more hell on earth. No. Not your strength. God's strength. And there's not an offense that's hideous enough to not receive this forgiveness. Not even the most hideous. And I hope you hear that tonight. That you can be these offenses can be released into freedom and you can get the garbage out through forgiveness. Maybe you're in the situation tonight where you're like, man, I need to ask forgiveness for something. And you need to say, I'm really sorry. And you need to fix that. Or maybe you need to extend forgiveness tonight and you're saying, I have to forgive them. And just like that video, it's not for me, it's not for you, it's for us. And did you notice how he gestured to the world? He said, forgiveness isn't for you and me, it's for us. I want you to see that. And no, I'll give you the heads up, that moment's going to be awkward. But I'm finding in my life that if it's awkward, that means it matters. That means it matters. And there's some people tonight who we're going to see at the foot of the cross in baptism, saying, I'm tired of the anger and the bitterness and the rage and the malice and the gossip. And I'm gonna take some sort of action for the sin. And once they see their sin in front of them, it becomes so much easier to understand that they're forgiven so they can forgive other people. And I hope you see that, that the forgiveness that you're given is so powerful that you can easily forgive other people. For the wrong that you've done, you can surely extend grace to those.